High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Tonight, we are really privileged and honored to have a wonderful man of God, and he's ministered here before, uh, several times, actually. As a matter of fact, I think we had him not too long, over the summer with our youth uh, internship, just did a great uh, job, brought forth a great word that uh, really encouraged our youth interns. Now, I've got to tell you, I told him this before, uh, uh, right before I ate uh, tonight, because I knew that he had... Uh, Right before the football season started, he went over and had an opportunity to minister to the Florida State football team. Come on. And I don't know if y'all noticed, but there's been a difference this season. And I don't know if it's because of Coach Norvell or maybe because of Man of God Willie Spears. But he went over there, he preached Jesus to them, he encouraged them, he was a blessing to them. And uh, tonight we're privileged and blessed to have him here. He travels all over the United States. Um, I've seen pictures of him at different universities. I don't even remember all, I think he was up at, we did, you were at Nebraska or Missouri or somewhere up, up, up in the Midwest. He was ministering somewhere up there. He's been up in Alabama, Georgia, you name it. He's been all over the place. And he always brings such a dynamic word and just a great encouragement um, for men, and uh, not just for men, but just, just for believers. Uh, and tonight we're blessed to have him. So I would like for us all, he can tell you everything that he has and everything he's doing, he's doing all kinds of things. And, and I know that the Seminoles are specially anointed this year because Willie went there and prayed for them. So would y'all stand to your feet and let's give honor to whom honor is due. Come on, man of God. Willie Spears. Amen. You may be seated. What's funny about that, if they were 0-6, I wouldn't be the speaker tonight. <laughs> Pastor Gay, he would say, hey, Robert, don't, he can't come by the church. He can't drive over here, delete his number out of your phone. We want nothing to do with that hypocrite who have obviously cursed our team. But uh, it's great to be here. Look at your neighbor and say, you matter. I want you to know, men, you matter. If you don't remember anything else I say tonight, remember you matter. And because you matter, you have to stay in the room. Now, whatever that room is for you, you got to stay. You got to stay in the room because you matter. We're going to go to the word tonight, but the Lord just laid it on my heart. Because sometimes it seems like we don't matter. It seems like we're providing at home and everyone in the building takes us for granted. We may not get a thank you. We may not get, I appreciate your sacrifice. Sometimes the wife or the kids may not realize that you hurt too, that you're human also. And sometimes we don't have a safe place to lay our hair down. And we need to be reminded that we matter. So I invite you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. We're going to be in verse 1 through 8. We'll be in the uh, Old Testament a little bit as well. 
And as you find the scripture, I want you to know that high praise does it right. I'm just being real with you. I, I've been blessed to go to a lot of different churches as a coach. I've coached a lot of places. And everywhere we've gone, we found a church, of course. And high praise, they get it. First of all, if you go to church here, you know the high praise is the perfect name. The praise is high. One of my buddies, I brought him to church. When I was going to church for like two and a half years when we lived on this side of town, and I brought a buddy. I said, what'd you think? A guy named Coach Mo. He said, man, I got to get my cardio right to go to church there, man. I just, <laughs> bruh. He said, I was like, this. Oh, my, my cow's burning, man. I just, I said, how was the word? Man, I can't remember my head dizzy. I'm about to throw up. He said, man, they need to have some water, park, like a football practice where you can go by and get you a squirt, man, because, man, they got to be the most in shape praise team I've ever seen in my life. I said, yeah, this was a down Sunday. He said, what was a down Sunday? I said, yeah, man, they, they, do a, they do a mild time relay before you can get on the praise scene. You got to, what a microphone. We got to run with the mic and see if you can sing or not. But the praise is high. What I love about this church, the same energy Pastor gives to Florida State and his son, of course, the same energy Pastor Joshua and Pastor Robert give to Florida State, they don't take it down at church. Many men, I've seen them on TV, they face are painted. They dye their hair. They, they, they take their shirt off. Up north, they sit in the cold weather, and they screaming for their team. Nothing wrong with that. But when we get over here, we're quiet. We're bashful. I don't understand. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that you recognize where you go to church, that they care for men. And the real proof came after the hurricane. I'm just being real with you. You can talk all day. Actions speak much louder. What you do speaks so loud, I can barely hear what you say. You talk good. You're good on social media. Oh, your thumbs are the strongest they've ever been. But when this community was hurting, this church came to the rescue. For every church, no matter what you look like. I'm just telling you, we got it wrong. Denominations are of the devil. It was never God's will to separate us. I'm just being honest. This church gets it. This is a glimpse of heaven. Now, I don't know if it's going to be alligators fried up and tossed and flipped. I don't know that, that part. Pastor, Pastor Gay gonna get to heaven and say, hey, Jesus, uh, where's Bobby Bowden at? I want to talk to him real quick. Yeah, I'm happy to see you too, Jesus, but where's Bobby Bowden at? Like, and so I just want you to know you have a good spot where you can serve God and bring your family. And they have ministry for your babies. They have ministry for your elementary, middle. A lot of churches neglect the, the college-age kids. They neglect the middle-aged folks. They may come straight in a small group, but they forget everybody else. High praise has found a way to minister to everyone in the building. And so can we give a hand to high praise for all the hard work they've done in our community? <laughs> Pastor, I want to thank you for your example. Seriously. And I thought you were cool until I met your dad. And you're not as cool as he is either. <laughs> He's cooler. Like, you're all right, but it goes down. And then Josh get a little bit. Then I met his son. He thinks he's cool. He's fourth in line. He don't realize it. He weighed down. He got his hair slicked up. He, on, he looking good. I'm like, bruh, you don't even have your great-grandpa beat. What is wrong with you? 
And so he's in the right lineage, though. He come from good stock. Um, he don't lack confidence, but I'm telling you, boy, God has healed him, and he's a walking testimony. The Bible teaches us in John chapter 15, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. John chapter 15, and you all know this, there are two, uh, two it's a lot of Johns in the Bible, but there's a John the Baptist and John the Apostle, and this is, of course, not John the Baptist. John the Baptist would have probably killed that gator and walked in here and, hey, I got this for y'all. That's the kind of John, he was kind of weird, a little off a little bit. <laughs> Jesus' kinfolk were off. So if you got some kinfolk that's off, you just like Jesus. Jesus' cousin ate crazy food, dressed like he was crazy, smelled bad. He crazy. He ended up getting his hair cut off. So you better tell your, tell your kinfolk, relax. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8 says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse 5 says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Verse 8 says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be used by you. Thank you for these men of God who are here tonight to be ministered to. Lord, speak like only you can. Lord, may you exceed our expectations tonight, and may we have the courage to apply the message to our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight, I want to talk to you about a lasting legacy. I had the honor in the last six weeks to officiate two weddings. One, we go to church on the beach. My wife got a job on, in uh, Walton County, so we moved out there a couple, few years ago for her to be closer to her job. And we go to church out there. And I was blessed to be able to officiate the wedding of our pastor's son and our youth pastor's daughter. So that's it's nerve wracking. You know, it's almost like coming in here, you're going to do a Bible study in front of this man. You know, he's over there like, nope, that's wrong. Nope, nope, that's wrong. Nope. So it's, it's tough. And so there in the crowd, I'm, I'm doing this wedding, and it's an awesome privilege. But what I realized was it was awesome because of the God that we all serve. And as Pastor Gay said, this man was following the lead of his father. So some things I'm going to say tonight are going to hurt. It's going to let you know. What God has given me convicted me first. But we live in a time today where you can be saved and live with someone that's not your wife. I'm just being real with you. I was in a church in Oklahoma. The youth pastor and his girlfriend lived together. He was the youth pastor. See, society has changed, but this book has not changed. And so the standard is the standard. It convicts me. I don't like everything in here. The Bible says if you look upon her to lust, 
you've already committed adultery in your heart. And so before you judge the other guy on TV for what he's done, remember you live by God's standard and you're guilty as well. And so what we have to understand is God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. But it begins with us realizing what the standard is. And so Satan wants you to do this thing alone. Tonight we're going to talk about the power of having a godly team around you. I asked Pastor Gary about Florida State. He's been to two games. I said, what do you think? He said, well, they got some weakness in here and they need to work on this. It's some weakness. Is there a weakness on your team? Who are you hanging around with? See, I don't have a friend that's cool with me cheating on my wife. I don't have any friends like that. I, I, I travel a lot. I can't be on the phone and say, hey, man, hey, you got to see this waitress. See, my friend's a snitch. He's going to say, hey, hold on, let me get Tanika real quick. Well, what are you doing? I'm just saying the girl was cute. Cool, just tell Tanika she's cute. Hold on, let me, let me dial her in. Like, man, I'll call you back. <laughs> Do you have real friends that's going to hold you accountable to what you say you believe in? Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story about Coach Norvell. You can Google this, guys. A friend of mine, Corey Fuller, one of my best friends, when my mother passed away, Corey was right there by my side through the whole thing. We coached at Florida A&M together. Corey Fuller, he came here and did an event. Was right by there in the green room, great guy. Corey's son is the number one baseball player in the whole country. Number one. Perfect game, ranked number one for the last eight months. His name is Chase Fuller. He's already committed to Florida State as an eighth grader. Unbelievable athlete. So Corey, I'm, I'm speaking in Oklahoma, and I'm speaking, a bunch of kids, 2,000 kids in the gym, and my phone was going off. So when I finished, I looked 12 times, Corey has called me. So my first thought is somebody passed away, something happened. This is urgent. I called. I said, what's going on? Man, why you didn't answer the phone? I said, I was speaking. He said, man, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? He said, man, I was just up at the school at Florida State helping out, and Coach Norvo asked me did I want to work on the staff. I said, man, that's great. He said, no, it's not. I said, why? He said, he want me to work on the staff. You know what that means? I said, oh, yeah, I know what that means. About 13 hours a day, seven days a week. He said, you always say, win at home, win at home. You got to win at home. All I can hear is your mouth to my ear when he was offering me the opportunity. Don't call Willie, because Willie's going to say, what about when at home, when at home? I said, man, you're right. I said, your son's the number one player in the country. You got to be at all those games. You got to travel with your son. I said, the timing's not right, man. I said, listen. He said, I wanted to call you, but I didn't want to call you. See, I'm a real friend. See, some friends are fans of yours. See, fan is the root word for fanatic. That means they're crazy. You got some friends rooting you on until you get in trouble. You got some friends talking a lot of noise, but they don't want to back it up. You got friends, you ride down the road, you get a speeding ticket, and the police pull you over and cuss you out. And your friends say, man, if he would have cussed me out, I would have slapped him. No, you wouldn't have. You were sitting over there praying in tongues. I, didn't even ever, I never heard you praying in tongues. Now the Holy Spirit then took over your mouth. <laughs> Corey said, so what you're saying is I got to tell him I can't take the job. I said, yeah. He walks in the office. Now, he's a high school coach. It's a big jump. He walks in the office. A couple of days later, he says, coach, thank you for the opportunity. But I'm going to have to decline because my son is playing baseball. And uh, I can't miss a game. I have to be there. I, I owe that to my family. But if there's ever opportunity later, you know, when, when he's gone, I, I really would love to work here. 
And Coach Norvell said, you know what, you were really one out of three guys we were looking at. But by you telling me that makes you the guy. If you can, you would turn down a Florida State job for your family, you're the kind of guy that I want on my staff. Then he said, if you miss one of your son's games, you're fired. <laughs> Who does that? Coach Norville actually went to one of the kids' games out of town. He actually went. You can look it on Corey Fuller Facebook. It's Corey Boucher Fuller. You can look it up. Reason I tell you that is because when you have men of God around you, they'll keep you on the right path. So Corey called me back. You'll never guess what happened. I said, look, man, it, it is what it is. God must want you at East Gaston. He said, no, I told him he gave me the job. He said, you knew that was going to happen then. You knew that. I said, man, ain't that spiritual. I ain't know that was going to happen. <laughs> I ain't that close with God. I do my devotion in the morning. I listen to music. I listen to elevation worship while I jog, but I ain't that close to God. Try God and watch him blow your mind. Pastor talked about me speaking. People pay me to speak, Pastor. It's crazy. I'm the boy in school. Schools would write me up for talking too much. Now schools write me checks to talk too much. God, that's my dad back there. That's the real Willie Spears right there. My first check from East Bay Boys Club, I made $4.25 an hour. I worked 40 hours a week. I got my check. I said, Dad, we need to go cash this. I want to buy these pair of Jordans. I'm buying this Michael Jordan jersey. I'm getting these Chicago Bull hats. I'm getting this. I'm going to Gardner's Drug to get a milkshake. I can, with this much money, I can get this many in a week. Had everything. He said, well, first we got to go by Bay Bank, Bay Credit Union, by the paper mill. We went by there, and Bay Bank said, it's going to be $50 to open the account. I said, man, we don't need to open an account. We just want to cash a check. She said, no, it's $50. I said, ma'am, I already, I already spent the $50. I got a list right here. You, Bay Bank not on there. I, I looked at the list. It say Michael Jordan shoes. It don't say anything about Bay Credit Union. So I get the money, and my dad say, well, 10%, you got to pay your tithe. I didn't understand. I said, dad, I got like four tithes. I don't need no more tithes. He said, no, you're a tithe, a tenth. I said, what are you talking about? He said, now, you grew up in a house. I got, I, you you got to know a tithe, though. I said, dad, listen, I, what do you say? You got to pay your tithe. And this is what I said. I said, our pastor has three or four Mercedes, 20 suits. He don't need my money. And my dad said, you're not giving your money to him. You're giving your money to God. I said, well, how are you going to give it to God? He's going to throw it up there and God going to catch it? This is what my dad said. That's between him and God. It's your job to be faithful. And so I don't know about you, but I've never committed robbery. I'm not perfect. I'm not. But I've never pulled a gun out and robbed somebody. I've never taken stuff that doesn't belong to me. But the Bible says if you're not a tither, you're a robber. The Bible says in Malachi 3 and 10, has a man robbed God? Oh, yeah, you've robbed me. How have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. And so what I'm saying is when people, I can't believe people pay me, but I still can't. But then I remember this is because of the seeds that I planted when I was 13. This is a harvest. One of the best messages I ever heard pastors preach. He preached seed, time, harvest. And in the Bible, seed time is one word. 
But he lets us know it's really seed time harvest. See, God is concerned with the process. And God has something for you, but I'm going to tell you, you can't handle it right now. Because you got the wrong people around you. You got the wrong team. You're a stud athlete on a bad team. You're a five-star with a bunch of one-stars. I'm talking about spiritually. Many of us have friends who claim to be Christians but don't even go to church. Okay, let's be real. Some of us in this room claim to be Christians and don't even go to church. How can you be on a team and you don't go to the practices? You can't say, I'm on team Jesus, but you never come to any of our functions. This morning, we had a practice. We had a film session. Wednesday nights, we had practice. We need you. We're not just here for weddings and funerals. We do other things, too. But if your friends love Jesus, they're going to ask you, how was church today? See, you got a friend with a rifle. You got a friend with a pickup truck. You got a friend that's done shot an 8-point, 12-point. Now, you have that friend. That's great. I hate to tell you this. There's no hunting in heaven. Some of y'all are like, what? I'm leaving. Bye. I ain't know that. <laughs> like, so you got deer pee. You putting the deer pee all on you. You're trying to make sure you blend in. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't even know where you buy deer pee. I don't wait. Hey, let me get up. Uh, let me get up uh, about two. Let me get two quarts. Y'all need some deer urine. Make it strong. Make it strong. Yeah, I want it from a, a, a book. Yeah. Put it all on. You got to dab it on right here. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes our passions are in the wrong place. I'm going to tell you three people that you need on your team tonight. Barnabas in the Bible was an encourager. You need an encourager. You need somebody to build you up. And I'm going to try not to get, I'm trying not to get emotional. But my dad is an encourager. I played football, little league, middle school, high school, college, arena ball. He missed by the game. He was there. I'm in Oklahoma. My daddy drove from here to Oklahoma. When I was coaching, I was head football coach at seven schools. My daddy's there. He's an encourager. People say, Spears, you never cussed at your players, man. You must be a Christian. No, nah, bro, I'm scared of my daddy. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Not even that deep. He's 73, I'm about to be 46. He'll spank me right now in front of all y'all. Like, that fear is still there. The church folk call it reverence and honor. Now, I'm just being honest with you. I'm scared to death. He told my wife when I proposed to her and I asked her parents, could I have your daughter in marriage and all that? And, I, and he said, he talked to Tanika, he, he was so serious. He said, if he put his hands on you. He had tears in his eyes. He said, don't, don't, don't call your daddy. Call me. Call me. I, I promise you it'll be handled. I'm scared of dude today. <laughs> but he's an encourager. Marco Melvin, my, my, my friend Ricky Steele, like they, they encouraged me. I'm at a school this years ago. I'm at a middle school in Panama City. I live in Georgia. Ricky's still in the front row. Hear me speak. When it was over, I said, hey, man, you got, a, you got a nephew or somebody here? He said, no, I saw in the paper you were speaking. I was coming to, I want to let you know I want to here to support you. Every book I write, 
Those guys buy the book before it even hit the internet. They buy it. You need some encouragers in your life that encourage you to follow Christ. You don't need to encourage you to, 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 to holler at the girl. You don't need a guy to encourage you, hey, man, don't, when you go on your break, don't clock out. They'll never know it. You don't need that guy. I'm, I don't have a friend. Like, I'm just, I don't have a, if you dropped your wallet and I picked it up, I don't have a friend I can say, hey, hey, <laughs> Pastor Gay dropped his wallet. Yeah, he got every credit card, bro. We good. <laughs> I don't have a friend that say, ooh, give me the number. My friends will say, man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Get that man back his wallet. See, my son has Crohn's disease, and my daughter has type 1 diabetes. And the reason that you don't know that right now, because they daddy got a team full of prayer warriors he called friends. I'm just telling you, when I go through something, I don't got to look through my phone to find somebody that can get a prayer through. All my buddies can get a prayer through. My cronies, my partners, whatever you want to call them. I'm asking you, what does your team look like? You need an encourager. You need somebody that's going to cheer you on. That's going, you got this, man, hang in there. I'm with you. The second team member you need is a mentor. Paul was a mentor to Timothy. He mentored him. He helped him out. He wrote to him. Now, we don't know much about Timothy's father. We know about the women in his life. But the one man we do know about in his life is Paul. Who are you mentoring and who's mentoring you? We all need a mentor and a mentee. You've learned some things. Why should I have to go through the same thing you've gone through? Now, I'm not saying it to embarrass my father, but it's part of his testimony. My father was in prison before I was born. Again, my dad's nowhere near perfect, but I've never heard my dad use profanity, ever. And he's been in my life. I didn't see him on the weekends. He was always there, sometimes too much. I wish he'd go back to work. <laughs> but he was a great example for me. But his life before I was born did not honor God. And he wanted to make sure that I didn't walk that same path. See, the Bible says, I believe it's Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when he grow old, he won't depart from it. Pastor Gay, listen, that's the, that's the testimony. He showed you about his children. It's not an accident three kids love the Lord and they're ministering the gospel. That don't happen by accident. A buddy of mine was on a committee to hire a pastor in Jacksonville, a huge church. And the guy was a great preacher, unbelievable communicator. They took him out to eat the night before he was supposed to preach. And his kids was running all around the restaurant. The mama was begging him, baby, sit down. Please sit down. Daddy trying to get this job. Please, baby, sit down. One boy bumped to the waitress. She dropped her stuff. He took the man outside, him and another deacon. He said, hey, listen, we're going to pay for your hotel and your flight back, but don't worry about coming tomorrow. He said, if you can't handle your household, you can't handle us. So a lot of guys talk tough when they get out in the streets, but we go in the house. <laughs> not only do you not wear the pants, you're not even the one with a deep voice in your own house. See, a woman can't be governed by a man she doesn't respect. See, strong men show their strength like this. So when's the last time you prayed with your wife? When's the last time you prayed with your children? You want to defeat Satan? Compete in serving your wife. Outserve her. 
When's the last time you folded clothes? When's the last time like, I, I mow the grass, I take care of the outside? The Bible don't say what your bros are. The Bible says you're over the whole thing. You have to outserve her. Believe it or not, buddy, you don't look like you used to. They keep it 100. Look at the wedding pictures. That ain't you. He in there somewhere, but that ain't who you are right now. You better fold some clothes. She may think that's sexy. The Bible says train up a child, but it doesn't just say your child. It says train up a child. One thing they do a good job of here is mentoring the next generation. This table right here can be described as amazing men of God or knuckleheads. I don't know how you do it, brother. I don't know how you do it. You, you, I don't, Y'all did something bad when y'all were little. God's getting y'all back right here. This is some get back. You, you, must, you had a choice, prison or this. You made the wrong choice, brother. You made the wrong choice. You could have did that time. You'd be out. This right here, I already know. Five minutes with him, my head start hurting. You know he saved. If he could put, he took one on my chat, he loved the Lord. But they're training up the next generation. So, so the two guys that I performed the wedding for, the other one was my quarterback. I coached him in Escambia High School 2012. I actually benched him and put another guy in. And we still have a relationship. A reporter asked me one time, Coach Spears, is this one of your best teams you've ever had? I said, well, we won't know for a while. He said, oh, after y'all play PHS, that was our rival. Then you'll know. I said, no, we won't know for 10 years. So what do you mean? Well, the, the men of God that they become, the husbands and fathers that they become, then we'll know if we've done a great job or not. Then we'll know. Yeah. So Coach Dario Green, I, I'm so excited about talking to his team. He loves the Lord. He, he's here. So automatically, Mosey has a built-in support system because he is a member here. But Coach, you will know if you've done a good job when they get some hair on their face, when they're 35. See, when I'm up there, I'm performing the wedding, I'm the one I'm about to cry because Jake has done the right thing. And I'm going to be honest with you. When he called me and asked me to do the wedding, I said no because I don't marry people that don't go to church. Why are you calling me like I'm a rabbit's foot? Call your pastor. Well, we don't really have a pastor. We didn't call the justice of the peace. All you need now is a notary. You can get that online. Click, click, click. I can marry somebody. The standards are so low. He said, Coach, I really want you to do it. I said, Jake, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I called one of my friends on my team. I said, Shep, Jake called me, asked me to do his wedding. You know, not saying he's a heathen. He may be a better guy than me, but I just, they don't really go to church like that. They go sometimes. I don't, I'm not really, I'm not finna do the wedding. He said, you got to do the wedding. I said, why? I said, he don't even have a pastor. He said, you're his pastor. So what do you mean? He said, you're the man that he heard preach the word of God for three years. And so you're the standard for him. Think about what you can pour into him through the six weeks of counseling. He called you because when it came time to do the thing right, he knew who to call. That rocked me. I called him back. I'm in. I, put the, I set the date aside, and we went through six weeks of counseling, and we talked about the standard. So let me tell you something. The reason to get married is not because she's cute, not because she completes me. No, she's going to get on your nerves eventually. <laughs> I've been married 20 years. I was speaking somewhere, Pastor, and they said, 
They said, uh, he been, at the time we've been married 17 years. They've been happily married 17 years. And Tanika said, So the guy was like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. It's right, it says 17 right here. She said, no, we've been married 17. It ain't been as happy 17. Been happy about 11, you know what I'm saying? Like this weekend, these couple days here. That's just reality. And so the reason to get married is to honor God. That's why you get married. It can't be for anything superficial. You get married to honor God. That's what his word says. We're trying to figure it out. I'm telling you, if you do things your way, you'll get your results. You do things God's way, you get God's results. I'm asking you about your team tonight. So some people play fantasy football. You know, you, you got your fantasy team, and then the guy gets hurt, and now you're in trouble. See, some of us worship sports, if we're being real, in the South. What, what's your boy's name that played for the Jets that got hurt after four minutes? Rodgers. All that money. See, we worshiping guys that get hurt. The one I worship, they killed him. He got right back up. <laughs> he got right back up. Like, that's a major flex. Like, they pierced him in his side. They took flesh out his back. He wasn't on IR. He just took a nap. Do your friends worship God? Do your friends know the Bible? Would you be cool with bringing your friends around pastor? Do you have to give your friends a pep talk when you get around your wife? Now, look, don't say this. Don't say this. Remember this. Don't do that. Don't, matter of fact, just don't talk. <laughs> what kind of friends do you have? You need an encourager like Barnabas. You need a mentor like Paul. You need a mentee like Timothy. Which one are you and which one are you missing? Tonight, it's like fantasy football. See, the, the Bible teaches us in John, what I just read, that we have to prune in order to grow. So some of us need to prune some friends. You can't have a drinking buddy and be a man of God. I'm sorry. You can't have a dude, he, he, he double-fisting on you. He excited. His ringtone is after six rounds of Jose Cuervo. Can't be your friend. He could be your associate. Y'all could be cool. Your friend can't have a naked woman as his screensaver. Not your friend. Your buddy, somebody you know at work. But your friend, your homeboy, the one you call on, he needs to be able to give you scripture when you're going through. Because you're going to need to be talked off the ledge. She's going to spend some money that y'all ain't have. She's going to buy a couch that y'all don't need. And you're going to say, oh, you're going to be just like Adam. Lord, you gave me this woman. <laughs> you're going to need a man of God to say, calm down, calm down, relax, take a deep breath. Who are your friends? When I was a coach, we had to make cuts. Everybody don't make the team. But we live in this, this society now. Everybody gets to make the team. The little boy, he... he he, he should be filming the games, not playing in the games. His mama, she's short, low to the earth. The daddy, the exact same. They perfect for each other, but they're not building the Rock, the Wayne Johnsons. They're building Kevin Hart's. 
So he need to tell some jokes or something, but we're trying to win the football game. So he tried for the team. He, he said, but I know the Bible. I said, good, you can be our student chaplain then. <laughs> we finna lose the game. And you, man, well, that was a dynamic prayer after we got beat 40 to zero. <laughs> Some people need to be cut. The problem with events like tonight is we come and say, oh, what a word, God bless. But there's no application. So I'm asking you tonight, who you going to cut? If your friend has a potty mouth, man, that's just how he talk. Well, cool. He can't be your tight friend. He can't. The problem with us men, we refuse to be vulnerable. We're afraid to be vulnerable. Jesus was vulnerable. Hebrews 5 and 7, Jesus was screaming cries. Screaming. He was upset. But right after he faced his vulnerability, Power followed. Right after that happened, the Roman soldiers came and said, we're looking for Jesus. He says, I'm Jesus. And they fell out. See, when we can admit that we don't have it all together, when we can be vulnerable, power will follow. When he flipped over the tables in the temple, took the cords and started whipping them, that's not what we think. We think Jesus. We think like a teddy bear. Oh, Jesus no, Jesus, my daddy has some Jesus in him. <laughs> some, I'm telling you. My dad, y'all know uh, the term classical conditioning. Pavlov's dog, when the bell rang, the dog would salivate because he was used to eating the food. When my dad would open that top drawer to get his underwear, his T-shirt, because that's where his belt was, I was like, man, I ain't even do nothing, man. I ain't even do nothing, man. God, what I do, man? What I do, man? I ain't take the trash out. I ain't washing dishes. Oh, my goodness. That fear, he opened that top drawer. I go to his house right now. I hit the top drawer. I leave. I just walk outside. <laughs> it's so important that we have someone in our life to hold us accountable. When Jesus' friend Lazarus died, he cried, and power followed. He raised a man from the grave. When's the last time you admitted that you're hurt, that you suffered through depression, that you've had some anxiety, that you're hurt, that your wife doesn't appreciate you, that you've been dating that girl and you thought she was the one, and she said we should see other people. See, as men, we pretend we have it all together. The girl break up with us. I, I didn't like her anyway, man. You know, I didn't even like her. Well, why is her name tattooed in your arm? Oh, that's my aunt, my auntie. My aunt name is Chloe also. That's for my aunt. I love my aunt Chloe. We need to admit so we can get the help that we need. I'm going to give you five things that I see that us men, us men struggle with. They all start with P. I'm going to give you these five P's, and I want you to think about your team helping you in these areas. The first one is possessions. We love to have stuff. Boat. Shoe. How many sneakerheads we have out there? Sneakerheads, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, those older for y'all know what a sneakerhead is because y'all got good sense. I'm a sneakerhead. Sneakerhead means you spend your light bill money on shoes. That's what it means. Your wife is saying, how come the internet's off? Baby, we don't need the internet. That's of the devil. 
You got three new pair of shoes, baby. The Bible says beautiful are the feet that lead people to Christ. I got to protect my feet, baby. I have a new devotional called Soul Searching. It's a devotional for sneakerheads. I would love for you to get that resource. But I know that possessions is something that we struggle with. Does your team help you in that area? The next P is power. We got to be the man. We got we to let everybody know we're right. We got to scream the loudest. No, the, the, Jesus didn't lead that way. He just didn't. The next P is passion. Are you controlling your passions? You can't listen to music that glorifies sex all the time and then be shocked that you're trying to look at every woman that walked by. Every song you hear is talking about how beautiful the woman is. The Badonka Donk song is not covered by Elevation Worship. <laughs> not doing that song. Next P is pornography. We'd be foolish if we thought the guys that come to church don't have that struggle. But who do you have in your life that you can admit that to? So I have guys in my life, we send each other a thumbs down if we look at porn. That's all we say on the text, thumbs down. No preaching, no you know better. It hurts to have to send that text. But see, what that does, that holds you accountable to what you say you believe in. Who do you have holding you accountable? Or because you're the leader, you don't have to be held accountable. Y'all remember when Nathan called out David? David did something he had no business doing. He thinking, I'm the king. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm a man out the guy's own heart. I was anointed as a little boy. I run this. And then Nathan just told him a story. And David said, you right. Whoever that was, they deserve punishment. And Nathan said, that's you. Yeah. That's exactly what it says in the Bible. You are the man. How can you lead your family when you can't lead the one in the mirror? That's who needs the leading. But you can't lead the one in the mirror if you're not digesting this. Nothing wrong with podcasts, guys. Nothing wrong with a, a book by your favorite pastor. I was bragging to my friend one time. I said, hey, man, I, I just read this TDJ's books, man. I got this, this other book, man. It's really good. And I named all these big-time pastors and preachers. I said, I'm reading this book, and I'm reading that book, and I'm reading this book. He said, man, I don't have time for all that. I said, you got to make time, man. He said, all I got time for is the Bible. I said, oh. I said, I'll call you later. The next P is pleasure. Now, some of these are intertwined. But I'm just asking you, who's helping you in these areas? Because if you're not getting any help in these areas, you're either perfect or pretending. You're not perfect. So you're pretending that nothing bothers you. I'm not here tonight saying that you're living a sinful life. I'm just saying your team is there to help you. Jordan Travis is good, but he can't throw the ball to himself. He's not that good. The offensive line has to do their job so that the running backs can do their job. Emmitt Smith had the all-time leading rushing record for one reason. He had the best offensive line. I'm just telling you, you can't do it by yourself. The dreams that God has for you are so big that you can't accomplish them alone. You need a team. When you ate breakfast this morning, it took a team. 
It took the farmer in Texas to grow those nice pigs from the little bitty pig, piglets, piglets, piglets. Now they're baking. The farmer in Colombia had to grow those beans so you can have that coffee. The farmer in Miami had to grow that orange tree so you can have orange juice. Somebody had to raise us some chicken so you can have those eggs. Our breakfast is a great illustration of teamwork. I've been coach of the year a few times. Every time I was coach of the year, had a bunch of all-state players. <laughs> what a coincidence. I've been fired for not winning enough games. We had no all-state players that year. <laughs> Shocker. A guy wrote an article one time, he said, if you want to turn your program around, you hire Willie Spears, give him a hat and a whistle, and get out of the way. Felt good. Two years later, I got fired. The same guy wrote, who idea was it to hire Willie Spears? Bad hire. <laughs> I'm like, bro, just click back a few times. You said it was the same guy. <laughs> your success in your Christian walk has a lot to do with your team. I'm asking you right now, what kind of legacy will you leave? And it depends on your team. The last thing before I take my seat, I want to analyze the life of Peter. If we had time, we would read through. But Peter was the one that denied Jesus. But 50 days after he denied Jesus, he preached the greatest sermon ever heard. And so if you've dropped the ball, if you've messed up, welcome to the club. But first we have to admit we've messed up. That's what repentance means. Repentance means I admit I didn't get it right. I need to get this right. See, some of us haven't been the fathers we should have been. But if you're in here, God is saying there's still time. Some of us have not been the husbands we should have been. But since you still have air in your lungs, there's still time. Some of us are on Team Jesus, but we're on the bench. This church needs you to give, to volunteer, to mentor. We need you. Like, pastor's problem should be, I'm so sick of these men calling my phone asking what can I do to help. Instead, we have a big church with five families that do all the work. I'm just telling you, that's how it works. When I was a coach, we have all these players, all these parents, a handful of people doing all the work. But everybody benefits. You ate good tonight. How many tables did you set up? How many chairs did you put out? How many tablecloths did you wash? You ate good. When's the last time you swept? When's the last time you mopped? You're going home full. You're going to fall asleep right when you get in the door. But you didn't do anything to help with this. You're what we call a bad teammate. Yeah. When I was a coach, we will call you a sandwich eater. Yeah, some of them guys that's on the team for the pregame and postgame meal. They have no intentions of getting in the game. We up by 40. See, some guys are 40-40 guys. They only get in if we up by 40 or down by 40. That means they're not very good. But we up by 40. Hey, everybody get in? You want to get in? Coach, I'm good. You want to play? Coach, no. Can I ask you a question? What? What are we eating after the game, coach? <laughs> See, that's some of us. We get all the benefits of being on Team Jesus. He woke us up this morning, started us on our way, praying for our baby. But God is like, what are you going to do? The book says faith without works is dead. You need to do something. 
Newsflash, your money's not your money. This going to hurt, guys. But you, you can't. <laughs> you can't spend all God's money on Code 45. Natty likes. I'm just being honest with you. It's God's money. You can't make it rain with God's money. Not even that deep. Can't go fishing every Sunday when God has scheduled a meeting at the church for you. See, some of us, we have Jesus on our team, but he's on the bench. Why would you put the best player on your roster on the bench? See, God's a gentleman. He's not going to force you. The Bible says in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking at your heart. And pastor said, more is caught than taught. When Bobby Brown passed away, his son, Tommy, texted me that morning. He said, coach has left us. He's gone home. I got that text about 6-something in the morning. Turned on the TV. About 10 minutes later, it came on the bottom of the clicker. Tommy Bound told me, he said, every morning when I woke up as a little boy, my dad was in his office reading the Bible. Every morning. He didn't say, hey, Tommy, you need to read your Bible. That's right. See, we should preach the gospel constantly using words when necessary. You can't say to your wife, baby, I love you, and put your hands on her. You can't say, baby, I love you, but you put your desires over her desires. See, being a man of God is 100% sacrifice. That means we don't eat what we want to eat. We don't go where we want to go. It's all her, whatever she wants. That's, that's, I'm going to tell you, that was the example Jesus set. Jesus didn't want to get up on that cross. He didn't sin. Willie Spears Jr. did the sinning. So he had to get up on the cross. But I can give you a trick. You want to help your wife decide where to eat real fast? Say, baby, just guess. I'm going to take us out to eat. Guess what I'm about to take us? Guess. I'm going to see if you can get it right. <laughs> Whatever she say, say, how did you do that? Ah, oh, that is amazing. Yes, Longhorns, you are so, for real? Baby, you good, baby. We, we, we're connected. We're on the same wavelength. But if you say what you want to eat, you're not eating that night. You'll be fasting. This is going to be kind of weird. But I want you to take your phones out. Now, if you're my dad's age, you're going to need some help with this because he can't turn his on. We'll be here all night. He called me. I hear every conversation he has. But dial, but dial, but dial, but dial, but dial, but dial, but dial. Every conversation. I'm like, who is he talking to? I want you, in your notes on your phone, I want you to write down who's your encourager. And I want you to write down who you're encouraging. This is how we apply the message, guys. Then I want you to write down who's your mentor. And I want you to write down who's mentoring you. Just those three things. Who's your encourager? I'm going to be honest. I appreciate all the people that follow me on social media and clicks and likes. But I don't need your clicks and likes. I got my dad. I got my Uncle Melvin. I got Ricky. Said, like, I, they, I got clicks and likes. I got buddies that text me, hey, man, just praying for you. Hey, man, I'm serious. I got friends. They text me, love you, bro. 
Who's your encourager? Who's your hype man? Who's your cheerleader? Like, I'm, I'm speaking to Oklahoma University next week. They play against Kansas, and I'm, I'm going to be their speaker. And a guy that worked for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, he's got wind of it. He hit me up. Man, you're going to kill it. That's a real friend. I debated Stephen A. Smith on SportsCenter. The reason I got that gig, because my friend, Dante Shepard, was a runner-up for this contest. He said, man, you're better than me. If I was a runner-up, you would get it. Call this number. You, that's a friend. Not jealous, but wants to help you be the best version of you. I was upset with my wife, her 40th birthday. She did some. I'm sure I was guilty, but I blame it on her. I'm mad. My buddy called me. He said, what's up, Spears? I said, what's up? What's going on, man? What do you need? She had a birthday party at her mama's house. Why are you not there? Man, I ain't going to that birthday party, man. I'm sick of her, man. I ain't going. You're not going? I said, nope. He said, didn't you go surprise your friend in St. Louis two years ago for his 40th birthday? Then you fly to, I said, yeah. So you can fly to St. Louis to see a, a friend, but can't go around the corner for your wife because you got your little, your panties in the wood. I said, bye, man. I'm headed to the party. <laughs> you need a friend that's going to make you better. We need an encourager, a mentor, and a mentee. I believe God has something amazing for you to do. This is what I mean by amazing. My dad, by the world's definition, is a felon. And he raised a young man that gets to go around preaching the gospel. See, Satan didn't want it that way. But because of accountability, because of him being the real deal and not a hypocrite, it's what I know. So when I do something that ain't got no business, I can't lie to myself and say, I didn't know, I wasn't sure. No, I decided to sin because I know what's right. One of my former players called me and he said, Coach, I can't get a job. You know, I've been locked up. My life is nothing. I can't do anything with my life. I said, how many children do you have? He said, I have three. I said, that's your legacy. What's your legacy? I pray that Pastor Robert Gay is with us another 100 years. That'll be amazing. He still won't be as cool as his dad, but he'll be here. But his dad, he used to say this in the pulpit, my dad said, those same pants you got mad in, you can get glad in. Guys, we don't have the luxury of operating in our feelings. We can have emotions, but we can't be emotional. You a man. Get it done. But his legacy is in his children. Some of us need to forgive our children. Some of us need to make a phone call. People tell me all the time, I love your, you and your dad's relationship. It takes work. You want your marriage to work? It's work and choices. You want your relationship to work? It's work and choices. Last thing I promise. Imagine tonight with a pep rally for your team. And they're on the microphone and say, and the starting lineup for the team of Robert Gay. And your teammates are standing over there. If we called out your team, who we call out? The foulest mouth in all of Bay County. He will curse you, slap out. Would that be your guy? Has a wife and three side chicks. Give it up. Would that be your guy? Is that your buddy? 
He will drink you under the table. Is that your buddy? There's no judgment. If you're going to grow, your friends need to be men of God. If you're going to grow. But our society, we love to look up to people who are good at things that have no eternal value. There's a statue of David right now, right now, over 2,000 years after he left us. David, in the Bible, a man of the God's own heart. I told you this last time. David was a great warrior and a great king. He was a horrible husband and a horrible father. We could be the best insurance salesman. We could be the best preacher and not be what God wants us to be. My encourager is my dad, my uncle, my friend, my mentor, John Gibson. Was a pastor at Springfield for many years, Antioch Temple, small church. We eat breakfast together once a month. Lana Ray Mitchell, we eat together once a month. A guy named Dr. John Ed Matheson, longtime Methodist pastor, Montgomery, Alabama. We talk often. Three of my mentors, and of course, my father. My mentees, over 20 young men, over 20. I meet with them monthly. It's exhausting, but it's what I'm called to do. We eat lunch. We work out together, and the whole purpose is to help them. I'm pouring into them. I'm pouring into them, but I can't pour into them if nobody's pouring into me. Who's pouring into you, and who are you pouring into? You want to win a championship? Get you a good team. Get your good, overhaul your roster. Some of your people on your team, you need to ask them to enter the portal. <laughs> they need their walking papers. I want to honor God with my friends. I'm not saying you can't have fun. But when people cuss around me, they feel uncomfortable. When people talk about women around me, they feel uncomfortable. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside me. So when I walk in the barbershop, it's a better place. Not because of me, because I brought the Holy Spirit with me. When I walk in Walmart, <laughs> it's a better place. I got the Holy Spirit with me. When I walk in Avis rental car, y'all can relax. I brought the comforter with me. We good. The Holy Spirit convicts. They should feel weird around you. But you should love them so much that they ask, where do you go to church? And when can I come with you? And if you go to high praise, tell them they better have some good shoes on. Because it's like Planet Fitness slash church. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for laughter. Someone said it's a good medicine. Lord, I pray that through the laughter, Lord, through the illustrations and analogies, that we can understand the scripture that teaches us that some branches need to be cut away. Lord, that some branches need to be thrown in a pile and burned up. Lord, may these men know that this is a safe place tonight, that they can be real tonight. Lord, if there's a man here tonight that doesn't know you, that doesn't have a relationship with you, we're not talking about a religion. 
we're talking about a relationship. Lord, people ask me every once in a while, how did you propose to your wife? Everyone has that story of how the relationship started. Lord, everyone in here should have a story of how they accepted Jesus' proposal. Tonight, man, it's a proposal for you that if you don't know Jesus, we can get that right tonight. And if you know Jesus and you're on his team, but you've been sitting on the bench, tonight you can make a declaration that you're going to be a better teammate on Team Jesus. And if you need prayer to help you cut some friends out of your life, there are many men here tonight that can pray with you. We want to honor you, God, with our time. But we want to give people the opportunity to break yokes. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God, you came to give life and that more abundantly. Is there a, a man here tonight that's never given a life to Christ and you want to become a Christian? We want you to stand up tonight. We're not trying to embarrass you. I hadn't even planned on doing this. But if there's someone here that's not a Christian, we want you to stand up tonight. And normally I would have guys raise their hand with everybody's eyes closed, but the Bible says if you be ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Heavenly Father. And so if you don't feel comfortable and you want to come up to Pastor Gay or the other Pastor Gay, you can do that. But if it's okay with Pastor, I want us all to pray together for each other. And so if you would, open your eyes. I want you to stand. I'm going to step down. And I want you to find one or two men. You guys get in a group. And I want you to pray for each other. I want you to be real with one another. And I want you to actually pray for one another. Pray for an encourager, a mentor, and a mentee. Pray for the courage to send a text tonight and say, Brother, I love you, but our relationship can't be what it has been. And let them know you're trying to grow closer in your walk with Jesus. Let's make the enemy mad tonight. You called them out to the Florida State game. You called them out to the Gator game. You called them out to the Miami game. Let's call on the name of Jesus together. Just go ahead and begin to pray for one another right there. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing within hearts and within lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you are bringing forth within the men of this church body. Lord God, we declare today Lord God, that we're making shifts, we're making changes, wherever changes need to be made. Lord God, I thank you that you're coming forth even with your sword, the two-edged sword. Lord, you're cutting off things that need to be cut off. But Lord, it is like Gilgal where we are cutting off the things that are unnecessary. Lord, there's a fresh circumcision that you're bringing forth in the lives and the hearts of the men within this church body. Lord God, we're going to serve you with a new fervor, with a new zeal. We thank you, Lord God, right now for that which you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord God, for hearts that are being changed. We thank you, Lord, for transformation. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and we give you praise. And we give you glory and we give you honor today. 
In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.